and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one confident page of Talmud every day. Who should you be confident in? Well, today's page of Talmud, Beitza 36, tells us that you should be especially confident in your teachers whose words should be like gospel for you. Have a listen. This one is spicy. Abias sat and examined the matter and posed a difficulty. And may one initiate a situation of a container of excrement, i.e. may one intentionally place any repulsive matter into a situation which will bother him and will then have to be removed ab initio. In the meantime, as he was deliberating the issue, Abaya's millhouse collapsed. He said, I had this coming to me for having gone against the words of my master, Rabba, by not following his ruling unquestioningly. And this notion that you should follow the teaching of your master, of your rabbi, of your teacher, without question or hesitation, really sort of struck me as odd. And so I call a person I consider my friend and teacher, and Rav, the great Corduroy Rav, making his return to this here podcast, Mark Oppenheimer. Welcome back to the show. So good to be here. Toda, Gegezint, Baruch Hashem, Be'ezras Hashem, all of it, to all of my Corduroyfskers, all my Hasidim. I am here to help you unwrap the present that is that bit of Talmud. I am very glad because you are not only the Corduroy Rav, not only a world-renowned leader of a Hasidic court of, of people who like wide whales of Corduroy, but also a, a teacher in a real university. A real accredited school, yes. I've taught at several real accredited universities, and I've also taught every grade level pretty much. I've taught little, little kids, and I've worked with you know middle school kids, and I've taught high school and summer programs, and I've taught college. And I've had grad students, so yeah. So look, we, we won't mention the university we were teaching now. We, we don't mean to embarrass you. We'll just say it's somewhere in the, in the greater New Haven area. But I really am very curious because I read today's page of Talmud, and it struck me that this kind of obeisance that Abaye believes one needs to pay one's teacher kind of didn't sit right with me. I mean, I get respect. I get connection. I get listening and honoring your teacher. But in your experience, when you teach, do you expect your students to follow your rulings unquestioningly? I think about this all the time, right? The level of obeisance that you expect, whether you want to be in a mentor-mentee relationship or a, a Rav-pupil relationship, whether you want it to be a relationship of equals. And for years, I always said, my students are way too deferential. They're too obsequious. And I thought, you know, this is kind of generational. They're always thinking about how to build their resume. They always want letters of recommendation. They want Rhodes scholarships. They want to go be consultants or in finance. They want to do things where it pays not to rock the boat and to impress your teacher and just get the A, get the letter of recommendation and move on. And so therefore, they're not being authentic. They're not bringing their truest selves to it. I never get to really know them because they're just looking for what they think the right answer is rather than telling me what they really think. And this used to drive me crazy. And and it also, this thinking led me to other places. For example, um, I began to abjure the title professor. I always preferred Mr. to professor or doctor because I thought Mr. was more democratic. But at some point, I also just thought, why don't you call me by my first name? I'm calling you by your first name. And I'm a, I'm a fairly formal person. I understand why formalities are nice and help to structure a relationship. But I really thought, like, if we're discussing this text together, whatever it is, you know, why don't you be, you know, Tanya and I'll be Mark? 
why am I Mr. Oppenheimer if you're Tani? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't help this particular relationship at all. So I was very into the idea of equality in the classroom. In the past few years, I have seen more of what equality looks like because it's been a time of real kind of student I don't want to say rebellion, but a time of student rising consciousness where they've definitely pushed back against their teachers more. And now that I'm seeing it, sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I miss the old days of, you know, <laughs> obsequious. Together, that we Professor Oppenheimer to you. Groveling. And I did have a conversation with one student that was very, that I always think about because this was a student who had rebelled so much against my teaching, who seemed to take issue with everything I said, that I finally, I was sitting with him one time at a donut shop, at Donut Crazy on York Street in New Haven. And I said to this dude, you know, if you're so dismissive, if you put so little stock in what I and other, you know, 40-year-olds or whatever have to teach you, why are you here? Because, you know, you're you're in your 20s now. You could go get a job. If you want a college degree, you certainly could get a cheaper one and an easier one than this one. This was not a student who I think wanted to make a ton of money. I don't think the normal reasons why you'd want a fancy degree applied for him. I don't think he was a status seeker or a money seeker. I think he was actually a really intellectually curious person. But I said, and yet you seem to think I have nothing to teach you. And I don't actually remember what his answer was. I think he he I think he thought on it and kind of said, well, I'll, I'll think about that. But there was this way in which I feel like in the past 10 years, we've moved from a place where students had this unquestioning acceptance that everything I said was gospel truth, which of course is wrong especially when you're dealing with literary texts because there is no gospel truth. They are subject to interpretation, right? We've moved from that kind of just desire to be a container that I fill with unquestioned wisdom to this completely other place where some students anyway think that nobody over the age of 30 or even 25 has any wisdom. And sometimes you feel that certain students are just humoring you. They'll say something on the test or the paper because they have to to get a grade, but they don't actually think you know anything. And you do wonder why they've decided to study with you. To my mind... The happy medium is probably one that you see in the Talmud because even, even though this particular student felt that his millhouse had fallen because he had questioned his Rav, he is, of course, engaged in a project of Talmudic disputation in which people are questioning each other all the time. So I guess I, w- I would put it back to you and say, could he really be saying I should never question my Rav? I mean, isn't the job of a rabbi in these Babylonian halls of study to be questioning all the time? It seems to me that normally the, the Talmudic rabbis get it right, which is you respect each other, but you also quarrel with each other. I think you're completely correct. I think the the project is precisely about finding this medium in which you might show absolute deference to your rabbi, to your teacher, uh, as he is the one who taught you Torah, but at the same time, understand that your project isn't merely to show deference, but also to then take this knowledge that you've acquired and use it in order to partake and engage in healthy disputation. And I think you're completely correct. I think we tend to err on one or the other side of this debate without ever being able to find the happy medium. The Cordery Rav, Mark Oppenheimer, thank you so much for being our guest. I wish you wide wells of corduroy in 5782. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. 
And our producers are Josh Cross, Sara Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Soon.